Well, hello there. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. You're tuned into This Week in Homelessness for the week of February 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald. So glad you could join us uh, this week. Anyway, as always, we'll be talking about the latest news on the homeless front, along with some current commentary and analysis of current homeless topics and ideas and solutions that you can use in your community. If you are not a subscriber, don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or any of your podcast hosts, or Homeless Police on YouTube, where we'll have the video feed on there also. Anyway, let's talk about this past week. Here locally in Hillsborough County, we had the point-in-time count. It's that time of the year again, pit count time, where we do an annual census of the homeless in our community, determine how we're doing, is it going up, is it going down, where it's been going down in our community for the last several years. Bit of a blip a couple of years ago due to Hurricane Maria and refugees from Puerto Rico. In our community, we have about 1,000 square miles. Now that's bigger than some states. It's bigger than the state of Rhode Island. And those locations range from downtown, a big city, Tampa's about 400,000 people, to out swamplands out in the forest where there's literally no one. It's just swamp. And uh, so we want to get a volunteer out to every square mile and ideally count every person out there. We all know it is an undercount. It's impossible to get enough volunteers out into the entire community and find every single homeless person. So, But we do, we're doing pretty good. We're kind of refining the model here locally, and we've had uh, most of us have been doing this for a few years now, so we've had some practice. Anyway, listen to the story from this is on Bay News 9, uh, talking about the volunteers counting our homeless. Take a listen. Okay, that's from baynews9.com if you'd like to listen to or view the story. And one thing that works well in our 
communities or relationships and partnerships with the different agencies. For example, the police department, which I work for, and the sheriff's office and some of the local, local other small agencies supplied map data, which we superimposed upon the maps of the volunteers received. So when they went out looking for the homeless, they had a starting point of at least where in the past. Now, granted, we can only, we can only see in the past, uh, unless you're a psychic, you can't see into the future. But based on past experiences, and we can see trends, and you can see clusters on on the map of where the homeless are, have been known to have, have been in the past. So we use that as a starting point and then kind of go out from there, go exploring, et cetera. So we're looking for a camp, et cetera. Then it gives us the starting point to to go by. And we respect the privacy of the location of where the homeless are at. We do not give these maps out to the public. The volunteers can't keep them. They are accounted for. We have to turn they have to turn them in at the end of the their volunteer shift so that we know that they're not out there and they'll have locations of all the various encampments. So it seems to work um, pretty well. If you'd like to know more about that, you can go to the Tampa Hills Road Homeless Initiative website at thhi.org. Anyway, let's go into this week's segment. How many of you enjoy waiting in line as much as I do? And I say that sarcastically. I don't think anyone enjoys waiting in line. In fact, late night comedians have made uh, making fun of the lines that the DMV a made a whole industry over it. And I think the Tonight Show would have gone out of business a long time ago if it wasn't for making jokes about uh, going to the DMV and waiting in line. So who enjoys waiting in line? I don't. Anyway, according to the uh, website, qminder.com, most people spend an average of five years waiting in line. How would you like to have that time back? What could you do with five years that you previously did not have? You could go on some great vacations. You could work more if you wanted to. Make more money. Go visiting friends. Do whatever. You could, the possibilities are endless. We had an interesting situation. We had a complaint from one of the neighborhoods about people hanging around the soup kitchen, often starting at about 6 in the morning, waiting for lunch, which begins service at 11.30. It is first come, first served, as in, you know, you know the old um, stanchions with the little maze that you go through one at a time. And people would end up getting there at 6 in the morning for that chance to get a ticket, which they handed out at 10.30 in the morning, and then wait in line for lunch when that was served at 11.30. So it kind of got me thinking, is there a way to manage this line? And there must be. I know there is. When you go out to a restaurant, such as, uh, I won't name names, I've got... Um, I've got my favorite, but pretty much any restaurant you go to if it's busy and they have more people waiting to be served than there are tables available, you're going to wait in line. And they have to manage that. It's called queue management. Queue is another, is another name for line, particularly in England. We call it queue. In fact, we turn it into a verb, queuing up. And if you really want to get an English person irate, it's jump the queue. Um, they will definitely frown 
they will give you disapproving looks and maybe even you maybe if you might even get tutted like that's what tutting so if you get tutted by an english person you're in deep trouble and they are not very happy the english have made a whole um, science out of lining up like many comedians such as john cleese and monty python etc they've they make many jokes about lining up and kind of some of the old cliches, etc. But anyway, let's get back um, uh, on topic here. When you go into a restaurant, for example, they're going to take uh, either your name, either maybe on a notepad, or or even uh, they might log your phone number into a computer and either text you when your table's open, or you might get one of those little square beepers that vibrates and all the pretty colors. Uh, kind of looks like a... Christmas tree one uh, when it goes off so you know your table is ready. Now, queue management was designed by Danish economists. There's actually a research paper on it and I read it a little above my head. It started going into the whole math behind it and it had calculus and all kinds of statistics and it was a little above my head. But um, anyway, there were many places where they use queue management. Restaurants, like I mentioned, when you uh, when you fly, for example, the airlines have their way of boarding, such as Southwest Airlines. You're going to have the the different groups of 30 each, A, B, and C, and D, if which means you're getting a middle seat. And if you want to jump the head of the line, you can do what I like to do, which is pay extra for the automated check-in, where 24 hours ahead of time you get checked in. More than likely, you can get one of the A boarding groups because I'm I have my um my favorite seat it's 23D which if you're walking down the plane it's on the left two rows from the from the galley that's my favorite seat on Southwest Airlines 737s at least the not the extended versions that use that when uh, air traffic control is nothing more than a queue management system it's, it's the stakes are much higher than you know, airlines taking off on landing. The stakes are bigger than you know, deciding who you want to seat next to the restaurant. So it's critical to get that right. And some other areas where they have it, if you go into um, you know, Starbucks, they have, or Dunkin' Donuts or one of your coffee shops, they have w- ways of reducing lines, and that is particularly the mobile apps. You can order online. You can skip the line. You can skip the point of sale or the cash register, go right to the pickup window and pick up your your drink. When they first came out, I think someone thought I was a magician or something because just timing, uh, I walked into the local coffee shop and the server, you know, I go in there every day and the server handed me my coffee, my cup of coffee as I walked to them. It's like uh, it's like a magic trick. You know, I just need a top hat and and a rabbit and uh, like a black cloak, and I would have looked like a magician. But it's getting more and more common, and it's cutting down on labor costs. And I don't think it's um, cutting uh, cutting jobs necessarily because the turnover in them, those types of jobs, tends to be high. It's just making the systems more efficient, and that's what I try and do with uh, in my consulting work is make systems more efficient. Uh, homelessness is a very challenging system. 
It's very confusing. It's very complex. For example, in one of my presentations, I have a flowchart of chronic homelessness from HUD, and they have a flowchart of a nuclear reactor. Just kind of visualize that and try to think, well, which which one appears to be simpler? It's a trick question, obviously. It's why I use it, but it gets uh, gets a few laughs, but it makes a point that we have been able to make a flowchart of a nuclear reactor appear simpler than a flowchart of chronic homelessness. That's kind of a sad commentary. When you have a client might have addictions, might not have any slept, might not have taken a shower, they might have, be affected by mental illness, and you send them to the DMV to get an ID or a license, and they're hearing voices telling them to kill themselves. Is that a no-win situation or what? It's definitely not good. So, and you might, and you might, if you go to the DMV or the tax collector here, which is a county county agency, we have key management systems here. You go in, they ask you what you want. I'm here to get a license. Here to get an ID. I want to register my car. They give you a number. You sit down, then they call out your number. And that's exactly what Q management is. They are triaging your need. Hospitals do the same thing. When you go to the hospital, they use a form of Q management. They call it triage. If you have a major medical emergency, such as a cardiac event or you're in a traffic accident and there's trauma involved, then you might go to the head of the line. You need to be treated before someone is going in there that might just have um, maybe the flu or or maybe an infection, etc. That you need treatment, but you can wait maybe an hour or so till the life-threatening emergency is taken care of. So anyway, there are different kinds of queue management. There's about four different kinds. I'll kind of go over them very briefly. The one that we are most familiar with is first in, first out. That is kind of show up. First come, first served. You wait in line. You move through the line one at a time, and then you get served. Another variation of that is last in, first out, whereas you go right to the head of the line, and if someone else shows up, they go to the head of the line, and so on and so forth. Uh, this is actually more efficient than than first come, first served. There's a lot of math behind it. But one of the challenges with implementing it is that it appears to be unfair. You know, I've been waiting six hours to eat lunch. This guy shows up, and he's served right away. Why is that fair? Well, now you have the issue of fairness versus efficiency, and you have to weigh uh, what is more important to you. So we need to find trade-offs. So one of the third ways of dealing with lines is randomization. And what this helps with the work we do in uh, homelessness, and it can be a soup kitchen or a, rest or a homeless restaurant where people are showing up at 6 in the morning as soon as they open the gates to let people wait around till 11.30 when they serve lunch. Another situation is um, if you're running an agency, uh, I've yet to run into an agency that has too many case managers or too many appointments and not enough clients to fill them. Every agency has too few appointments, not enough case managers, 
and uh, an oppressive workload. So you might only have a, a certain finite amount of appointments. So, for example, if you can see 10 clients in the course of an eight-hour day that you're open, then the clients know that, and so they will wait in line. If you open the doors at 8 o'clock, they may be out there before that, and they might even be out waiting uh, or sleeping out there. That's a, that's a common situation. So how do we discourage people waiting at 6 in the morning for lunch that's five hours later or sleeping overnight at a homeless services center? And just because our clients are homeless, it doesn't make their time any less valuable than ours. A homeless client's time is valuable. I have yet to find anyone who can be in more than one place at one time. That would also be a conjuring trick. So if you can efficient if you can maximize the amount of folks that you can see and minimize the wait time, then that gives your clients opportunities to do other things during the, the daytime. They don't have to devote the entire day just figuring out how to get lunch. And if you recall back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, your basic needs are gonna be at the bottom and then move up the pyramid, self accusation at the top. But right now, if you're waiting five hours for lunch, then food, et cetera, is one of your basic needs, and you're going to be worried about that more than anything else, finding a job or finding housing, et cetera. Well, there's two things you want to do. One is speed up the line, and another is to disincentivize showing up early or arriving early. We want to give the person that has been waiting for lunch at 6 in the morning the same chance to be served as a person that arrives at 11.30 a.m. when lunch begins. So what that means is that there's no reason to show up early and people can work on other stuff, etc. So it's quite simple. Um, in the case of when you have a large number of people, relatively speaking, you can serve at one time, like a soup kitchen. Say um, you see people, the one locally here, it's a, it's a restaurant style. They have It's very dignified. They seat the clients, and then they serve them with volunteer waiters, and they eat a, a three-course meal, and it's very nice. I've eaten there many times. It's very good food. They have a professional chef, etc., and they have a very good product. So when uh, the clients arrive there, they can serve, say, say they can serve 30 people. So we do that with color-coding tickets. We get, generally in this case, four different color tickets. They are um, put into a like a bank bag or something small, and then the maitre d' or the host selects a ticket when people start, when, when they hand out tickets, usually about half an hour before they open up. It can be less than that. People are given a ticket, and the host does not know the color. They're not looking into the bag and they hand the customer a different color ticket. So based on the on the whichever the first color is, say for example red, then people okay, 11:25 if you've got a red ticket, you can line up here and everyone else will have to wait if they have a blue, green or yellow ticket, they have to wait. So after they go through serve everyone with the with the red tickets, then they'll call up the, say, blue, for example, and then they'll line up and then serve them and then go through the different colors. And you can have as many or as few 
colors as you want to. It might be a little trial and error. And it works very well. Then the people show up after the starting time, in this case 11.30, then they will, they just wait till all the different colors have been served. It's not, at this point, there's no need to give them a ticket. And then they trickle in. You can just serve them first come first served. After you've served everyone else again, that's going to take it eleven thirty. Technically, the, the the fairest way to do that is to seat the latecomers in the last in first out order, like I mentioned before. So they come at after eleven thirty. They go right to the end of the line. So you're further dis- disincentivizing arriving on the winning line. But once again, you have the trade-off of fairness. It doesn't appear fair. So in this case, for this particular situation, they do, they do randomizing service for until 11.30 when they start serving. After that, it switches over to first come, first served. And the best one is free. You know, they could have um, queue management systems such as you have in a restaurant, such as you arrive and, and um, give your name or phone number or whatever, or you could have a kiosk and register your name when you arri- when you arrive. That would definitely work and would definitely help, but it depends on your budget. Those cost money, but the only cost of the system I have is just go to the office supply store and buy some of those raff- you know, raffle tickets, multicolor raffle tickets, and use them. Now, in terms of when you have a like a homeless services agency where you are servicing a small number of people, say you have 10 openings for the day. Well, in that case, unless you have 10 different calls of tickets, it gets a little chaotic. Just have numbered tickets. They don't have to be 1 through 10. It can be 1 through 10 today, 11 through 20 tomorrow, and then just um, the same thing, randomize the tickets, put them in a bag when you start serving, and then pull a number. Okay, for example, we're going to serve number 12 first, or or we're gonna, and then we'll we'll pick another ticket, and then number five, then number three, and so on. So that randomizes the serving order, and that disincentivizes sleeping out there at night or arriving early and waiting in line, because it's no longer a first in, first out, or first come, first serve situation. It's randomizing the um, the serving, and once again, that is also free. Anyway, if you go to QMinder.com, you look for what is Q management. There's a brief overview there, a good explanation in layman terms that even I could understand about how Q management works. So you don't necessarily have to be running an airline or an airport or a, or a fast casual restaurant to be implementing Q management. You just use this very low-tech system, and it works quite well. Anyway, if you have any questions, concerns, etc. about queue management, you would like to implement it in your community, or you'd like to have me take a look to see what I can do for you, or if you have any questions in general about homelessness, feel free to give a yell. My email address is info at homelesspolice.com. You can also view me on the web at homelesspolice.com or on YouTube at homelesspolice and Twitter same thing at Homeless Police. Hope you found that interesting. Let me know what you think and talk to you soon. Bye-bye.